2: Every night. every
3: night.
2: And I ain't never met a river boat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine. I have not. summer heat never treats me kind. It leaves trouble on my mind. So I'm bidding farewell, putting in my nose, and I'll see you at another time. This highway does not know my name, and I don't care. No.
3: no. I do not care. Not
2: one bit. in my way for another place. And I got three good tires and a spare. spare. Just a white line to get out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there. Hello. Budget live, the not so live
3: variety. And welcome, you bunch of low lifers. This is the podcast for Thursday. You heard that correctly. Thursday, August the 24th. And if you're just joining me for the first time and you're wondering what a low lifer is, that's what the listeners of this program refer to themselves as. And they're a rowdy, loyal bunch of folks. But normally we do this podcast on a Monday for years and years and years and years and years, and and it will continue to go down on Mondays. But it will continue to be mainly about bass fishing on Mondays, and I'm going to try to mix in some Thursday shows. So here you go. This is the first Thursday LBL, and it is a special one for so many different reasons. But if you listen to Low Budget Live, and I'm assuming most of you, if you're tuning in, you do, you know I have many interests, and I've had a variety of guests over the years. But primarily, primarily LBL focuses my lane is professional bass fishing, and a lot, of, a lot of tournament bass fishing talk, a lot of industry talk, things like that. But I also enjoy talking to musicians. I, I enjoy talking to professional hunters. I enjoy talking to people that I find interesting. So that's what the Thursday shows are going to be reserved for. Whether that be a musician, whether that be a guy that digs ditches for a living, and I just want to have a conversation with him, Thursday's LBLs will be that. You can see if you're watching this on YouTube, a little different setup in the bar and grill this time, little, little different, uh, spot here in the low budget live bar and grill. But I appreciate each and every one of you tuning in. And like I said, this is a, uh, this is a fun one for me for a lot of different reasons. You know, my, my loves in life have always run, you know, run parallel to each other, whether that be, uh, hunting and fishing, I'll throw that just my love for the outdoors and then my love for music. They've always ran parallel. Because of my love for fishing and my podcast, I have gotten more and more into the music world than ever before. I've gotten to meet some people that I consider uh, friends now that are heroes of mine as well for what they do. I chased the music dream for many, many years, whether it was playing crappy bars playing songwriter, open night, you know, open uh, open mic night kind of deals, writing music since I was a kid, uh, playing my songs for people, playing my songs on the show, like Biloxi Blues, the intro song. I have always been uh, closely tied to music and always will be, I hope. I love it. And uh, it's something that that I do hold near and dear. So this week's episode, this Thursday LBL, is all about that. It's all about music. And it's about how, how things are changing, but it's also how they're staying the same and that that great bands are putting out great music. And our guest today uh, represents that to the fullest. Something that I've talked about on the Monday show, kind of poking fun at it a little bit and people can't handle hearing it uh, just because he is a, he's a phenomenon right now. Is this Oliver White? And this paradigm shift we're seeing that, man, you can throw something up on TikTok, you can throw something up on YouTube, you can throw something up on Instagram, Facebook, and your life change overnight. And for a long time, the way music worked, if you got to that fortune and fame level, right, was you start out playing really crappy bar gigs, then you kind of advance to less crappy bar gigs and then you might open for people and then you might end up headlining smaller gigs for yourself. And through a lot of trials and tribulations and paying your dues, as people say, you might end up playing an arena full of people, winning awards, selling albums, craziness, right? The dream. But now that formula has changed. and And I think what's amazing about this Oliver White character is – over 50 million views on this song. And it is indeed it's something, it's a song that people are embracing like I've never seen, really. It's it's amazing. And, and the song, I get the message behind it. I've poked fun at the Fudge Rounds line because I don't like that line. <laughs> I just don't like Fudge Rounds. Don't bring your fury on the Little Debbies, okay? I love Little Debs. I love Little Debbies. Not really a Fudge round guy, more of a Cosmic Brownie guy okay, Swiss roll guy, honey bun guy, but just take, don't, don't, don't tread on the little dibs, okay, Uh, but man, the guy has found an audience, number one song across all platforms, whether it's streaming, over 50 million views, like I said, on YouTube, it's, it's incredible how it works, and it's incredible when something does break through, because the machine the record label machine, mainstream, what you hear on the radio, normally does not allow this sort of thing to, to see the light of day. And he's not the first. Luke Combs, who's a major country star now, obviously, goes without saying, playing stadiums now, he started the same way. Online, throwing it out there on social media, whether it be YouTube, the old platform Vine that came and went, that's where Luke kind of lost his career, where people heard about it. Incredible, guys like Riley Green got big on the internet, but the the most glowing example of this right now is Zach Bryant, meteoric rise. This guy was in the freaking military, getting popular on Twitter. They tell the guy, you gotta you gotta leave the military, you gotta get out of here. You can't be famous and be in the military. All he wanted to do was be in the damn Navy because that's what his mom and dad both did. So the guy comes home. And he goes immediately, he skips all those steps I talk about, whether in this, the, the trenches that so many bands, so many artists go through, and, and so many of them never see the light of day, much less sell out night after night after night after night at a place like Red Rocks or playing arenas and have the number one songs over and over and over streaming and always have songs in the top ten streaming on across all platforms like a Zach Bryant. He skipped those steps. Some artists take issue with that. I think it's really cool. I think it's something that that the music industry will study for years to come. How did it happen? How did this guy get by our radar? You go back to the Oliver White guy. He's turning down $8 million recording contracts. His words. It's insane. It's insane to think about. But our guest today, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how it works. We're going to talk about paying your dues, and we're going to talk about just the landscape of music now, but most importantly, we're going to talk about their new album, and this is this is a band that I am very much a fan of. I have gotten uh, through the podcast. I've spent a lot of time with this guy we're going to talk to today. He, he shares a love of bass fishing like I do, a love of the outdoors, and we've spent a lot of hours in a bass boat together in the last couple of years getting to know each other. Been on some trips together, and I've gotten fortunate enough to know, uh, you know, get to know a few guys in this band. They are, in my opinion, will go down in history as one of the greatest country bands of all time, and they are indeed that, a band. They're a band of brothers. They've been through hell and back. Their new album comes out tomorrow, August the 25th, A Cat in the Rain. Their first new music in a very, very long time to see the light of day, to get in your hands. Make sure you go get it. We're going to talk to him right now. The lead guitar player, guitar slinger, he's on the road right now on tour, not riding in a in a in a tour bus, ladies and gentlemen. He is driving his pickup truck, pulling a bass boat behind the tour bus to go fishing whenever he gets a spare moment. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Turnpike Troubadours, Ryan Engelman. All right, here we go. As promised, here he is, that guitar slinging son of a gun from Oklahoma, Ryan Engelman, and not on the tour bus. You might think the Turnpike Troubadours are out here just cruising around all the time in their bus, but but Ryan's actually he's, you're you're road dogging it this week, old school.
1: I am. Yes, I'm in my truck, pulling the boats.
3: <laughs> that's see, that's uh, I, I said that before. I'm like Ryan and I got to be buddies through bass fishing. And that's what I love. Like, dude, you're out there. You guys are killing it right now. You got a new album coming out tomorrow. But no, let's just uh let's just pull the bass boat in between these gigs and I'll try to try to get some fishing in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Living the dream. That that dude, that is uh that's about as good as it gets, I feel like. Playing guitar at night, listening to thousands of people scream the words back to every song y'all got, and then fishing during the day. Uh, does anybody else in the band, do you ever get any of them out on the water at all? Uh, not,
1: not often. I think I got Gabe out one time, or drummer, uh, and he just wanted to pleasure cruise. <laughs> like, he didn't, he, he didn't want to go over 20. He just, as, as slow as you could get that thing up on the plane, he was cool with it. If you went above that, he would complain. The,
3: the, the bass boat scared him a little bit. He needed a seatbelt. So, oh, hell that boat. wasn't that that little express. Oh, that, that was in your aluminum did. boat. Skater,
1: yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> you <laughs> and, need to uh, take him for I, a ride at 70.
1: I do. I really do. Uh, and, and maybe he'll never ask me again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so
3: you're like me. The water, you know, I had you on the show a couple of years ago. That's how you and I got to know each other. And we've yes. we've got to spend some time in the boat together since then several times, man. And and you're like me. That's kind of where, you know, And and you're new to bass fishing in general, but over the yes. last few years through COVID, and we talked about that on the show, but it's really where you go to kind of find, you know, get re centered, refocused, right? Like that's that's where you find peace.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Not get away from everything and everybody and just focus on something different than grinding and, you know, um, just get away from it all, you know.
3: No, no doubt get about a it. Just
1: to, to step out of it and uh, get a little peace of mind
3: yeah because right now, where you guys are and you you you've always been i feel like turnpike troubadours to me and i and I've got to know you guys but but just from watching before I knew you watching from afar, you've always been a category five hurricane, right like you guys play ninety miles an hour on stage oh. live you've you've been through the ringer to say the least you have a three year hiatus now you're back, and I feel like it's even it's it's a calmer category five hurricane is that fair to say like it's a it's a, it's not as wild maybe as it used to be but it's busier than it used to be from all aspects i would say it's, it's fair to say with the new album coming out and and playing the the type shows you guys are playing now
0: yeah
1: it's you know it's um it's different for sure it, it is calmer especially internally and maybe on stage too but there's there's so many opportunities right now that it's it's kind of hard to turn them down. Like, you know when we first got back, we really wanted to set some boundaries, you know, as to as to how much we would tour and and, and wanted to to have some you know some real breaks uh, in the action so we didn't uh, grind it down all the way like we had previously. Um, but man, there's so many opportunities right now. It's hard hard to turn them down. So we've kind of caught ourselves um, doing a little bit more than probably we're really wanting to, at least this month, for sure. We've been, we've been gone pretty much the whole month uh, of August. Um, I think I've been home four days in the past month and and I was sick uh, every day that I was home. So, you know, it's kind of just, um, I don't know, it's it's a little bit of a grind right now, but after this week, it goes back to kind of just weekends and, and um, you kind of get back on, on track.
3: Well, yeah, I remember that from, I guess, last year when you guys first announced, hey, we're back, we're going to tour, all the shows are selling out, and I remember talking to you about you kind of, you guys were kind of dipping your toes in a little bit, like, all right, let's see how this works, see how we all work together, let's see how what pace we want to do that. And that's the beautiful thing about when you announced you were coming back and the and the overwhelming fan response was you guys could kind of call your shots to to a certain extent, right? Like hey, we're gonna play these three shows over this weekend then we're going to be home for a few days and then we'll do three shows again. Kind of deal for a while. but but now you're going to Alaska. Uh, you just got back from Alaska. You guys did three nights at the Ryman. Now you got this crazy Midwest run you're doing in support of the album coming out on the 25th. Like you said, you gotta seize those opportunities when they happen because th- this the world you guys live in is more competitive than than any world out there, right? Like it just is. Like you're you're 15 minutes, uh, and I hate to use that term, but you gotta grab it when you while the you know strike while the iron's hot, so to speak.
1: I, th- I think so. Yeah. And, and when we first got back, I don't think we really knew what to expect and expect. And I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think anybody in our camp really knew what the response was going to be or how big it was going to be. Um, you know, it's, so when we of when we figured that out a little bit more, um, then, you know, our options opened up. And, and like you, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's strange too because not only were we coming off of COVID and a hiatus, but but the industry had changed a lot. Yes. And I don't think I realized that then. Um, but with the, like, the Zach Bryan phenomenon, and, and now you've got this other guy. I don't, I'm not even sure
2: about his name. All, um, Oliver
3: White, the Fudge Round King. White.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, mean,
3: yeah. honestly, I, dude, I, f- I don't know anything f- about him 53 assault. million, dude. 53 but million streams. It, crazy. It, In like 36 hours or something. Like, I don't even know how that's physically possible. It's amazing to see.
1: I don't think we've seen, and I, I'm not a, I'm not a complete expert on this stuff, but I don't, I don't think we've seen a change like that in the industry since Napster.
2: Where yeah, it's like, a good point. Know,
1: where it's like it's a it's a viral thing.
2: Um,
3: yes,
1: it's it's pretty pretty crazy to watch. Um,
3: do do you and, think uh, do you think guys like that, like the like you guys catching catching your you know you've been uh, you're an overnight sensation after 15 years. Congratulations! You know, that's probably how you guys feel yeah. like, oh, all of a sudden, like all these arenas full of people are showing up and we've been beating the streets for years and years and years. But, but with that, what I do like is, is, and, and I don't, I don't listen to a ton of Zach Bryan. Um, I know a few of Zach's songs, but, but, but Zach writes good music and Zach is not that mainstream. You know what I mean? Uh, what you would typically hear on the radio, this Oliver White guy, same kind of deal. You guys, same kind of deal. And do you think that that all of this happening will change that quote, and I'm using air quotes here, mainstream, you know, record label mentality maybe?
1: I I don't know because, you know, I think that most of all of the music industry is kind of – There's, I'm sure there's a term for it, but it, you know it's all kind of owned by the same
3: people. I got you.
1: For example, like like a promotion company, uh, owned by the parent company, as the record label is owned by the same parent company that owns the radio stations, it, and they all work in conjunction. I got As so far as I know, yeah. Um, but it absolutely does uh, has got their attention.
3: It has to, right? Um, like, it has to have their attention. Well, <laughs> I mean, you can't ignore well, I think, it. Well,
1: I think, I, think, I think Oliver White, I, think, I read just briefly that he had turned down some deals. And, yeah. You know, him and, uh, you know, I don't I don't know. I think for a guy like that, that, it, that just gets thrown into it. Um, and I don't know. If you just get thrown into it, I mean, it it seems like it's already such a dangerous place. There's so many snakes, and and I would be really, you know, my heart goes out to a guy like that a little bit because, you know, you've got this gigantic hit that comes out of nowhere, and, you know, what do you do do with it? Who do you trust um, to help lead you along? Do you want that at all? Because maybe it doesn't. And, and also, you know, it's like, oh um, how do you, if you do want to, to, to pressure very quickly.
3: Hey, right. We lost, I lost you for just a second. You, I, all I caught was pressure really quickly. You're back now.
1: Yeah, no, I just, I, I, you know, with guys like Oliver White, I just, you know, he's thrown into it. Um,
3: yeah, kind of into the, this into,
1: gigantic song. Yeah. And and I don't, you know, I don't know that he wants a career in music, but if he chooses to go down that path, how does he follow that song uh, up?
3: Yeah, man, that's tricky. I don't
1: know, it'd be, it'd be pretty scary, I think.
3: Well, and, and like you said, there, there's people that would certainly take advantage and uh, of a guy like that. And from reading, and like said, like you you said in the beginning, I don't know anything about the guy other than what I've read. He made a Facebook post that I felt was really cool, very interesting, talking about he had fifty thousand messages, and he had, you know, turned down an eight million dollar contract. And he actually did say in that, "Man, I never really asked for this. <laughs> this is not yeah. what I. This is not what I was looking for." I'm just a guy that I've got a normal job and I just write songs and you know, this happened and I never expected it. And, and uh it's, you know, I can't imagine how awesome that is, but also like you said, it could be terrifying all at the same time. You wake up the next morning and you, and this thing goes from just a few views to 50 million and you're like, what the hell just happened to my world? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you react to that really.
1: I almost wouldn't wish that on my worst enemies.
2: Yeah, that's
1: you know, just a lot of a lot to try to, uh, to weed through when you don't really have an education in. You know. So I don't know. I mean, I I wish the best for him. I'm not uh, I'm not envious.
3: Yeah. See, that's and I think that for the for folks out there listening, no matter what what your dream is in life if you if you think you're working your nine to five and you don't like it and you think man if i could just be famous or i could be this or i could be that most of the time the folks that do get to that mountaintop or do achieve it, it it's A, either not all it's cracked up to be or Damn. it's or it's terrifying you know, and I, I think that that's they don't know what to do with it. it. Can be overwhelming, and you see so many stories of people just kind of going off the tracks once they once they kind of get to where they want to get in life. And it's uh, it's something to see that that'll be interesting uh, to see how that all plays out for that guy for sure. But but we got more important things to talk about than that redheaded fella in the Carolinas there, Mister Engelman. We are here to talk about these damn Turnpike Troubadours and this first new album in a while. Wow, it's been a minute. And you guys I think it's so cool reading online people just they're so ready for it. And you guys have a fan base they they adore you to the core. They've stuck by you guys. Uh, through thick and thin and now you're you're giving them the gift of of 10 new tunes and you and i our paths crossed when you guys were actually recording down at fame which was very cool down in muscle shoals you recorded part of it there part of it out in la um so first i want to start there out of the two studios i mean what what did you what did you think about fame and what did you think about recording out in out in la
1: I mean, both were both were great. It, you know, really. Um. As as long as the spaces got got a good vibe and you got a great engineer and producer, it's kind of all the same. Yeah. Um, you know, unless unless you you know choose to go there and spend a lot of time, and you're going to spend time
3: outside of the studio. Yeah. Um, but.
1: But yeah, both both studios were really great. Um, I, I was, I was, we, you know, we went to LA and we didn't really know what to expect, but I was, I was, uh, I was uh, definitely uh, surprised at how, what a great place that that, that, they, that they have out there. I think it's David's Place, is what it's called, I believe. And um, well, it was great, just easy, and vibey, and the whole
2: nine yards.
3: Yeah, and and fame definitely has that vibe too right like it's got that it's it's different now because there's like a cvs in the parking lot right so that's a little weird but this it's very iconic though for all the all the music that that has you know been recorded in that room over the years is incredible but was it was it kind of a split because you and i spent some time together when you you were there and and was it a split though as far as did you do a, you know, four or five at fame and then finish it out in California or how did that, how did that end up working out? Cause there was a break. You guys had to go on the road. You didn't get finished in, at fame. You guys were there for right. about a month or something. And then uh, a few, three weeks, whatever. Uh, and then, but was it kind of a split or how did that work out?
1: And it worked, it worked about, it was very similar to, uh, the, the last record that we did, uh, Long way from your heart. Yeah, in that we got the majority of it done in the first spot, and then okay, uh, had to finish up. Uh, I think two or three tunes uh, at another spot. Um, so you know, like long way we did. Uh, we were in El Paso at Sonic Ranch, and then we finished up in in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Um, but yes, same deal, exact same deal, almost. most
3: so how does it come about because shooter Junior, shooter jennings excuse my mumble mouth but shooter produces this thing how does that all come about for you guys how do you end up working with shooter on this project
1: well we um we initially had uh wanted to use ryan hewitt who did who produced long way from your heart he was busy um so, he was doing a Red Hot Chili Peppers record. So, he was out, and um, I think we had decided that kind of amongst ourselves that we wanted to uh, use an artist. Yeah. Um, it just, I don't know, just because we felt most comfortable with that, I guess. And uh, we had a guy picked out, and it didn't really work out, and um, – I was talking with our booking agent and he had been around shooter at various shows, I think. And, and, uh, shooter, Shoot, uh, from what I understand shooter was just all in. He just was pressing, um, John folk or booking agent to, to, you know, to, uh, to do the record. So, uh, once we kind of caught, caught word of that then um we talked to him and and it just you know it just worked out they were they were all in and um and it was just it was a great experience it was it was really great um um, i I didn't know shooter real well but but i got to know him pretty well and um, he's just just a great guy an
3: inner very interesting guy too man and i that's what i was going to say did you guys have any previous experience with him at all before because to me, and I and look, I, I've only recorded a couple times over the years, but it's an intimate experience, right? Like it is. Like you're in there, like you're pouring out your heart and soul into every song, and whether it whether you're the songwriter or or you're you know, you got to come up with, hey, this is this is going to be how this guitar part is going to sound on this forever. That is that's a lot yeah. of, that's a lot of pressure, but it's also it is it's sure. it's very intimate. So working with a guy it's almost like going on a, on a date, <laughs> like a blind date, I guess, if you don't know somebody, right? I mean, it's, it's a new experience for both of you.
1: It is. And, and, and I was, I was thinking about it the other day, you know, it's, I think that a, a part of that job um, as, as a producer has to be dealing with, with anxiety, other yeah. people's anxiety. Yeah. And, and, and I know there was a lot for me going in and probably all of us because, you know, that was really the first time that we had been together um, in the same room. And I know for my part, you know, just like you're saying, you just don't know if it's good enough or if it's the right part or, you know, what are you, you got all these things going on in your, in your mind that, sometimes can lead you astray and so he he sort of captains the ship the producer does in this case shooter and um and and helps you deal with that anxiety and 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 has kind of a bird's eye view of you know the whole process and where it's headed and and um and like i said i mean he 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 did a really great job at it Um, made us all feel comfortable and i think we you know, by the end of it, we're, we were all uh, very, very comfortable with this process.
3: Well, and I think that it's good to have that and because people listening or watching, you may go, why do you need a producer? You guys are pros, and, and you know how you want it to sound, and it's your songs. Like, you're going to play them live. And, but I think you've got to have, in, in my opinion, or it's good to have that outside voice, right? Yes. Because, yep. because Ryan Engelman's going to get in on, in his own head and go, oh, well, I didn't – you know, I didn't like that, or I didn't hit that like I wanted to, and 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 sometimes you need a guy that's going to go, dude, that was perfect because you're going to be your own worst critic. That's that's all musicians, yeah. right? Like you're gonna oh, yeah. you're gonna pick it apart. Uh, everybody in the band is going to pick apart what they did, or pick apart a line, or pick this harmony part. I don't like that, but I do think you need a guy that goes, hey, listen to me, <laughs> that was awesome. All right, we yeah. we got it. Let's move on to the next one. You know, and I and I think that's why it's so important to have a good relationship with that producer and, and Shooter's just like, he's cooler than the other side of the pillow, right? Like he is, he's just that guy. Oh, man, he yeah. is a vibe. Oh, yeah.
1: Shooter Jennings is a he, vibe. <laughs> he is a vibe. And then he's got a great, uh, he's got a great, um, education in music. Like he just, he just knows all kinds of different uh, genres, you know, yeah. and, 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 and good music, not just, you know, um, Run of the mill stuff, yeah. Stuff that's maybe harder to find, or, or um, you know. So he's and he's been around it his his whole life, you know. So he, he's he knows what's up. I was gonna, damn sure.
3: I was gonna say, do you ever have that moment as Ryan Engelman and the Turnpike Troubadours? You guys are in there. You're obviously country fans. You, you guys listen to a wide, uh, you know, variety of music. But do you ever have that moment where you go? Yeah, Waylon was his dad. <laughs> because, because for me, I'd be like, tell us another Waylon story, Shooter. Please. Oh, and, yeah, and he did. He, it's amazing. He's get into some stories and
1: stuff. It's really, really neat. I I, I can't I can't go down that path. Um, It's kind of like we've talked about, like, playing the Ryman. Like, I, I just can't think about all that other stuff. Yeah. Because it, it makes me anxious. And I just, you know, I'm not there to try to do the best I can and, and I'll think about that stuff later when it's like yeah we got to you know do a record with Shooter or we got to play the Ryman or we got to do this or that or whatever and, and you know so-and-so you know or he's played with so-and-so or we you know or so-and-so's <laughs> played with the Ryman or whatever like I try to put that block that out just because it's it's too much for me to try to think about
3: yeah you got to think about that when you get home or you get back to the hotel yeah. after the show right and go ah oh, you kind of yeah. let it sink in and go wow these yeah. uh, these people yes. played there now we sold it out three nights straight you know talking about the rhyming but nah, I totally get that because you can let your uh you can you can let that get the best of you I know a lot of people uh you can't you can't get too caught up in the moment like you said you got a job to do people people pay good money hard-earned money to come out and see you they don't they don't need you drifting off into space
2: (laughs) thinking thinking about,
3: you know, who's been there before
1: you. Yeah. So, so much of, of, of guitar playing or playing music is, is a a head game, you know, like golf or something. Like you just gotta be, you just gotta relax and let it, you know, and you can't, you know, anytime I'm, I'm on stage and I start thinking about my own playing, usually, I trip and hit my head and, you know, bust my lip opener. So they're just completely <laughs> miss a lick or, you know, I just, anytime, I, you know, and it's, you know, anytime you start thinking about yourself, it usually goes to negative thoughts.
3: Yeah. So, yeah.
1: so I try, I try to try to not do that as
2: often as possible.
3: I think the most terrifying thing in playing live music is just blanking on what comes next.
2: <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> There's
3: like, whether that's a line, like as a singer, whether that's a line or, oh my God, I forgot how the chorus goes on that. Like, I don't know. Oh, what, what, I don't know the Brit. Oh my God. and and, and, Oh man. That is a, it's a feeling of emptiness like no other. It is. It is. But I I
1: always try to think, you know, like when that happens, I I use, I'll, I'll laugh it off. Yeah. 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 Of course. More, more often than not, it it won't get in my head, but, and, and a lot of times I'll just think, uh, you know, like, if I miss something and I'm uh, and, uh, and I'm a little bit embarrassed about it, I usually just think, well, hell, I've shit the bed in front of more people than this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, and it's true. You know? so that would make me giggle a little bit. And yeah. You just, you know, you can't, it's live music. It's not, I mean, there are people that can, that nail it and, and you know, will hardly ever miss something, but my hands are a little heavier than that, you know, yeah, but I, don't, I, I, don't, I can miss stuff. And but
3: I don't want okay. that. I don't want that in my live music that I go to see though. Right. Like I, and, and teach their own. Everybody's ears are different obviously, but I'll have buddies go, man, they, I went to see such and such and they didn't even sound like the record. And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. well, I don't want that. I don't, if I want to listen to the record, I'll sit on the back porch and listen to the record. I want to hear them play the record live how they're going to play it. Like, even if, even if something gets changed, something, you, you know, uh, you guys at the Ryman, you, you guys are playing warp speed on a few, <laughs> a few Oh my sides. gosh. Thanks, Gabe. <laughs> Thanks, Gabe. Gabe, Gabe uh, kicked her off wide open on a couple tunes, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but it's, but it's fun to watch you guys though. Cause I, I was sitting with Marissa, uh, the triple threat, the crowd. And I'm like, yeah, that's faster than normal. She's like, how do you know that? I was like, well, I just, you know, can, can tell, but then I can, I'm watching you guys <laughs> look at each other like, Oh boy. But you, but no, yeah, yeah. but not, but it's not a flub. Like nobody, nobody in the crowd notices that essentially. And it's fun. Like everybody, you guys killed it, but it's so, I I love that about live music. That is uh, yeah. so much fun, man. When something's just a little different or where you, maybe you drag something out a little longer get a little jammy with something that's fine man like let, let it happen oh, yeah. i love that that's what what life's all about um uh, that's
1: well, not, not unlike fishing i mean it's like you know there's some days where you can just do no wrong yeah you know and then there's other days where you just can't get a bite that's just <laughs> the way it goes yeah. I mean, it's just there's something there's something in the ether that yeah. controls it not i've tried so many things just to take control, I have a little control over it. And at the end of the day, you know, I played shows where I was just a zombie going into the show. Just tired, worn out, whatever, sick, whatever. And just crushed it. Yeah. And there's been days where I've had twelve hours of sleep and I laid in bed all day and you know, just whatever. And I ate right and all that and just couldn't couldn't hit a leg. Yeah. So it's, it, it's 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 fleeting, which is, is, is both it's, you know, it keeps it a challenge, you know, it's, it's, it's the, I like the way that it that it's fleeting. It's you
3: know? the, it's the, uh, it's the dragon you chase every night, right? Like you never know yeah. from one, from one town to the next, how the crowd's going to react. You never know how, I guess, how how yeah. you're going to play. Yeah. The songs may be the same. They're laid out the same. The set list might be similar every night uh, on a certain run, but you just never know how it's going to turn out, honestly. And, and because with you guys, I mean, it's a, it, there's several of you up there and it's all got to be clicking and everybody's got to be on their A game. And, and, uh, that's what I, I think I love about the Troubadours the most. And I, and I'm not trying to blow your head up because you know what I really think of about you off, off record here. Uh, <laughs> no, I, no, I, I think that you guys are a damn band. Okay. That's what, that's what I love about it um evan's a fantastic songwriter singer rhythm player but you guys all play such an equal part in the sound of those songs and telling those stories and and it's just you come together as a band and i've always been such a band guy more than just a singular artist guy or, yeah. or fan over the years, you know whether that be a rock band or or a country band, but I think that that is because a lot of times I think in mainstream country and this is no knock, I think you will have a guy like a a mainstream guy and I'll throw a name out there like a Dirk Bentley and this is no show, I I like Dirk Bentley, but he'll have just a badass band, right? That play with him for years and he gives them props on stage every night and and he knows they're incredible, but it's not a band You know what I mean? Like some of them are hired guns, but you guys have just been through the damn trenches together for so long, had all the same experiences together. It comes through. It comes through when the lights come on every single night, in my opinion, that I've been fortunate enough to get to see you guys. And and, uh, and for me, this tour in particular, going to the Ryman uh, a couple nights, and I, I got to go a couple nights last year, it's almost like a damn pep rally. That's, what, that's how I describe it to people. You're in, this, you're in this place with this independent band, separate from the, quote, machine, kind of, and, and everybody's singing every word at the top of their damn lungs, so loud that, that it's hard to hear at times, and it's like a movement. And, and I hope you guys feel that every night when you're on stage, getting that energy back, because people are very proud of what's happening for y'all. And it's uh, it's it's awesome to see, man. It's so cool, and I know this record's gonna be big for you. And it's gonna be—I've gotten a teaser of it, and it's fantastic. People are gonna love it.
1: Well, yeah, and, and we're now, uh, you know, starting tomorrow, gonna gonna get to um, see the responses and see what what people think. It's also pretty anxiety-provoking cause, Oh yeah. You don't know, you know, I mean, people are going to love it or hate it or ripe. I mean, you know, you just don't, you don't know, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of what we did. I, um, and I think what's maybe even cooler than that is it, you know, I feel like we got a lot, a lot left in the tank. Yes. Uh, uh, both from a songwriting perspective, because uh, I, I, I see Evan uh. You know working on on that aspect of it but also just musically I, I feel like there's just um just a lot a lot of stuff that we could do um as a band so that that's that's great you know that it's really um inspiring and, and keeps keeps you going it keeps you moving down the road well,
3: um and I'm sure that's comforting, too, to know that everybody's all in from everybody in the band, like you said, moving forward with a lot more in the tank because you were out of work, you know, other than yeah. other than your reckless gig. And, and you were missing your brothers like you guys weren't getting the gig. It, it You know, um, things happened and, and there was that hiatus. And so I, I know, man, to get up there every night and get to do this. And have a new record coming out, and and to see everybody fired up in the band about where everything's headed, I know fans are going to be excited to hear that. How quick, I mean, because there's there's been a, it's been a while since a new album. How quick do you guys, as a band, and and this album just comes out on August twenty fifth? Can't uh, say that enough because you guys are going to want to hear this tomorrow, uh, but. How quick do you start thinking about another record? I mean, is that a year? Is that two years? Because it seems like, and you said when you you guys came back, this kind of leads me into this, I guess, perfect segue, the industry changed. Yeah. We, we see people drop songs all the time now. It's so oh, different yeah. than 20 years ago, right? Like, I'm an album guy. I talked about being right. a band guy, but I'm an album guy. I want it to kind of be fluid. I want it to be an entire work. And I think uh, Mean Old Son is, or excuse me, Cat in the Rain is certainly that. Um, but I, I think that it, just these little snippets, right, like people drop songs every other week it seems now. And and so yeah. do you guys feel that, though, as, as, as a band, do you have to, okay, we're going to change how we've always done our process and we're going to push another record out as soon as possible? Do you have to do that now? to kind of stay in the conversation or how does that work in your eyes in 2023 Yeah, I don't,
1: you know I I I've, I've been I've been hearing about people just just doing singles. Yeah. I've been hearing about that for over a decade. Yeah. And and it still doesn't I mean, I know that maybe in other genres or whatever um it may be different, but it still to me doesn't isn't the isn't the deal and and just from a personal perspective uh, from an, as an art form or as creating a piece of art, I don't want to create just one um, song and put it out. I, like, I, I'm, I'm like you. Yeah, I like records. I like mm-hmm. albums. Yes. Um, hell, we listened to uh, on a whim. We were driving back from DFW after we flew in from Anchorage yesterday or whatever it was. A couple days ago but uh just because it's it's so obvious and i just never think of it i listened to that nevermind record that nirvana did and, yes and man it's just great and they didn't it wasn't something that took them months and months and months to record like it was fairly quick process but, um but it just it but it is it's a it, you know it's just like that time where that band was and like it just all came together Um, but I've always liked that. You know, I, when I, when I was a kid and I first found, um, my love for Soundgarden, I mean, I went back and listened to every single thing they ever did ever that I could find. And, uh, and some of it was, was not as good as, you know, super unknown or whatever. Right. Um, or it was just, you know, I think their music had, had evolved, um, But I've always been somebody that likes to see where a band is in that space and time, Um, because it tells a story.
3: It 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 does, man. And I think it's it's like you said, it's a representation of where you are right then, right where you are. And I think I think with uh, Cat in the Rain, I think about a song because you guys have released three songs: Meet Old Son, uh, Chip and Meal, and Brought Me. And I think with a song like 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 that, what brought me here? Um, that's representative, right? That's a song almost it, because it is a love song. But the way I interpret it, and I'm not Evan Felker, obviously. I'm the host of Low Budget Live here, and a terrible songwriter. Uh, but it's a it is a love song to the audience, is the way I take that song. You know what I mean? At times, and it's like a it's it's a it's an appreciation song to yeah, me that people is. are coming back out that's how I interpret that tune and and I think that 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 is such a great um way to to say hey this is where we are this is where we are as a band right now and man this is uh I think it this this album is a is a gift to the to the music world man I think people are gonna absolutely dig it do you have out of the track list and and I, I've like said I've been fortunate to to get a little sneak peek but what songs, like, what are the Engelman tunes on this one for you? Because you know mine because I've texted you before. And we've had this conversation. But what are the Ryan Engelman, like, what do the people, as they listen to this, uh, what do they need to be looking for from you? What are the Ryan Engelman songs that you're like, okay, I know we've released these three singles, but these, these are mine right here that I like the most that you better dig into. What what are those songs on this album for you?
1: Um you know the one that I really was attracted to after we got done with everything is a song- called the rut mm-hmm. and and it's it's um it's it's pretty strong both musically and lyrically um I I, I just I like the space that is given in it with it's not um, just from a musical standpoint, you know, it's, it's not chock full of everything. You know, we're not throwing everything at it. It's, it's pretty sparse, more sparse than probably some of the other songs. Um, but that's, 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 that was kind of my initial favorite. Um, but I the, mean, there's, there's five or six on it that are all right up there with it.
3: Oh, it's, it's a, so, Oh, it's an album, dude. It's, uh, it's going to be, I, I told you, you played me Mean Old Son, you know, at one point, and I said, well, that, that's a that's a top ten turnpike song, live show song. People are going to go nuts over. And it has become that, in my opinion. People love it. I saw that at the Ryman reacting to that. They're reacting to Chipping Mill live. Uh, uh, I think uh, Brought Me is going to be that anthem. That yeah, it's going to be that yeah. sing-along anthem that's, like, uh, going to be right up there with Good Lord Lori um you know everybody belting it at the top of their lungs for sure but for me the rut I, I second that it's incredible it's beautiful it's a great story but it is musically it's man it's just it's way up there but you know I, i've texted you this before too lucille is a gym yeah, yeah that's a good one too. lucille is a gem. that may be the that's the sleeper on the album for me i love that one and what i mean by sleeper is i i would have just released that one first because it's so cool I love, I love that song so much it's but pretty cool
1: too it's got some got some great lines in it yeah i mean phenomenal uh, words and you play
3: baritone on that one right at least
1: yeah, a little bit I played a, yeah. played a baritone and then uh
3: there's a Gretchen there too yeah um, it's just but sonically though that one oh man that one's that one's good I can't I can't uh, I can't wait to hear that one live and I guess that's my my question and, and you and I've have, have uh talked about this a little bit but when do you how long does it take for a band because I know every fan is different but when you go to a show you're like oh man all they played was the new stuff and that sucked you know, but right. people, yeah. but you hear sure. that over the years, right? People are like, damn it, they played all the new stuff. But you guys I've been, do a I've
1: been to shows like that. Yeah. Oh, I have to.
3: And I, I get it, it right? Like, I, a, a friend of mine went to see an artist the other day, um, three hour show at the Ryman, and not once on this was somebody he's a dear, dear fan of. And there's a new album he had not got yet, apparently. And he said it was three hours and he never played a tune that he knew. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: and he was like, no. what the hell? But I get it. Like you want to play those new songs, but how long does it take you guys typically to start working in? Because I know you're you're playing the three new ones, and you kind of do a little segment. Uh, not to spoiler alert, but you kind of mix those in together uh, during the set. But how long does it take you before you'll start adding a you know the rut once people get to know that one in a Lucille? And how long does that take for you guys typically over the years to say, hey, let's let's do like five of these in the set before they really kind of have a home in the Turnpike live show?
1: Um, you know, it varies. Um, you know, like uh, we start, we just recently started playing on, on Um, wrong. Yeah. Like within the last month or two, started playing that song and that song's great. So good. Really fun to play. And, and the crowd reacts nicely to it. So, you know, I don't know. I so far we've just we've kinda of gone along with the single releases mm-hmm. and and after tomorrow there won't be another single. So I, I don't really have an answer to that. I'm sure we'll have to I think we'll release Cat in the Rain the single tomorrow as well as the album. Okay. So probably start working on that one and then um, and we'll just take it from there. I, I hope to hope to uh, you know to get to get all of the, you know, like the rut and Lucille in the set list too at some point. Oh yeah. Uh, because it's always every every time you play something new, it's it's always a shut in the arm, especially when you, you know, as a band, you know, kind of nail it down and get it right.
3: Oh yeah, it's fun, man, and it it everybody gets to clicking and and I think you guys could play most of what you play with your eyes closed. I feel mm-hmm. like that. You know, it's it's you guys. The, the anthems You're going to do them And if you're watching this Or listening to this Here's the deal They're not going to stop playing Long Hot Summer Day Okay They're going to play it So If you go we, to a show We tried that
1: We tried that one time And they started throwing <laughs> beer At our sound man So we started playing it again.
3: You guys stop playing <laughs> You guys stop playing Long Hot Summer Day And people threw beer <laughs>
1: they, threw, they didn't throw it at us Because we were already off stage But uh they did start throwing it on front front of house guy and a lighting guy.
3: They were expecting so. it. They were they were all riled up and they were expecting it, and you guys oh, left yeah. them hanging. Yeah,
1: <laughs> one of those moments where like, ah, we don't have to play that song. We play that song all the time, <laughs> and uh, we we got told otherwise,
3: which is fine. Well, hey, <laughs> the, the audiences they have they uh, have a voice, right? They have a voice, yeah, they and, do. and, and well, they at least got a beer can. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, they do. Indeed, indeed, man. You know it's crazy. Like some of these viral videos you see now of people throwing things at artists, really becoming commonplace. Oh, and I don't. get That's got to be scary to think about when you walk out there. Oh, like people are like unhinged for whatever reason. It's like you're watching, which I, I don't think that happens to you guys. But I'm just saying. Like I, I saw one with a rap artist the other day. I'm like, dude, you're throwing a damn beer bottle at the guys. Hit you. Pay. You're in the second row. Yeah. You paid money to see Evan, the guy. Evan,
1: pretty sure Evan got hit with a beer bottle right before uh, the lights went up at the on the first song one year. Really? Uh, yeah, I think he got hit in the head. Maybe because um, I, if I remember right, I, back then we were quite a bit more drunk, so I don't remember everything.
3: <laughs> it might have been but, your beer can. Who knows? It could have been. It could have been Kyle. Kyle could have
1: threw it (laughs) at. No, uh, but I'm pretty sure he did because he he started the song, where we did, and he just like totally missed the part or something. I kind of looked over and I didn't really realize what was happening.
2: Oh my god! Found out
1: later that he'd been hit with beer. um, Yeah, I don't. I don't know. You know, it's luckily (laughs) things are less wild than they used to be because it was definitely getting. It would, from time to time, get out of control.
3: You know? get <laughs> Get a little, get a little carried away. Hey, that's part of playing music, dude. You gotta, you gotta do that. You gotta live through that. I think. And when you get on the other side of it, it gets a lot better. If you survive it, if you survive yeah. it, true, true. If you survive it, if you're a young musician, listen to this. If you survive it, be careful because that doesn't happen sometimes. Bands break up. People uh, yeah. decide they don't need to do this for their health anymore. Uh, so, dude, just since this comeback, uh, back on the road, there have been some interesting things that have happened. This year, to me, the collab with uh, you guys playing with Tyler Childers was awesome. I got to see the videos of that. Newport Folk Festival, that had to be really cool because Tyler's, uh, you know, to know that, that you guys respect him and he respects you guys – um uh, because i just always figured that was the case because y'all are, are both uh some of my, my favorite artists out there but but that had to be a cool moment but but i i wanted to ask you this i know you guys got to meet peyton manning because you sent me a picture oh, yeah. as a tennessee fan you're like read it and weep buddy uh I to meet <laughs> this guy but i know you guys also you got to uh meet willie nelson has, yeah. has there been anybody though is is there been anybody off off my radar because i've seen the post and i've seen that that uh you you've sent me some of that stuff but has there been anybody else though that you've got to meet that you never expected Man. in this last year or are those two guys kind of on the mount rushmore of who you got to meet
1: oh yeah totally uh those two but uh last year it's funny um uh, Saturday we play at this place called the Azura Amphitheater in Bonner Springs, Kansas and we played there last year Um, it's a fairly new venue it's really really nice Um, but we played there last year with uh, the old 97, I'm going to leave somebody out I'm sorry for that Uh, but the old 97's were there and Steve Earle yeah Somebody else, and I can't recall right now. But, um, but after our set, I went back and I was kind of trying to wind down a little bit or whatever. But Steve came back and um, shook my hand and like complimented us and was the nicest guy. Um, and I, um, I was just kind of taken aback, you know. I never really expected to to meet him. Of course, we're all huge fans. Um, oh yeah, but to have him. You know kind of, I mean, and he stood back there and watched the set side stage, and um, so that was that was really, uh, really, really neat moment. Yeah, um,
3: man. That's got to be full circle, I mean, a, kind of deal because oh, obviously, 100%. you guys are huge Steve Earl fans, just like me, and oh, yeah. anybody else that's ever listened to any kind of music. <laughs> Steve Earl's an icon. Uh, um, no, we were
1: playing Steve Earl songs 15 years ago, and a little. Honky Tonks in Oklahoma or whatever, yeah. die bars. What was the Steve uh, Earl? What was
3: the, what was the Steve Earl cover of choice back then for y'all when you're doing the bar gigs?
1: Oh, now you're gonna get me on one. Yeah, uh,
3: yeah. Uh, now uh, I got you.
1: <laughs> it wasn't. It, yeah,
3: not Copperhead Road. No, you didn't do that. I know uh, better than that.
1: I played that song. A I much,
3: have to. But, yeah, million times. I feel like. Oh.
1: Uh, uh, I think it was Johnny Come Lately.
3: Uh,
2: it was Johnny yeah. Come Lately. Yeah, that's a fun. That's a, that's a fun one to play. That's yeah. a fun one, dude.
3: There are so many great Steve Earl songs. I could do an entire like three hour show. I think just talking about Steve Earl. Um, oh God, he's great. My dad. Some of my my fondest memories growing up. My dad had this old red and white Chevy Blazer, just piece of junk with a tape deck, you know. And we would ride around, uh, going to, you know, just kind of like back roading. He was always about we we just ride around on, like Sunday afternoons and. And uh, but we we're always hunting and fishing stuff, you know, and might be going to a buddy his uh, farm to go fish for catfish in a pond or working on deer stands and whatnot, going dove hunting. But I just have these memories of riding around with him. But dude, he guitar town. He was oh, yeah. always had that tape in the truck, man. And I can just still just just think about every song on that on that. Just sitting in the passenger seat with my dad, windows rolled down, singing that stuff at the top of my lungs. It'll always be. Uh, you know, I got him to thank for really getting me into that type music because by the time I'm, a, you know, born in 83, by the time I'm of the age to really start paying attention to music, they're damn sure not playing that on the radio, you know, yeah. for sure. Um And I loved me some 90s country music, don't get me wrong, but but my dad was, was playing me Steve Earle, and it was like, so, like, what is this? <laughs> like, it's so profound to think about, and then I went through a few years there where I, I didn't listen to it as much and then almost like rediscovered it when I was in college and then just never turned loose of it. It's something I listen to weekly at this point. You know, Devil's Right Hand, my God. Yeah. Think about those songs. Oh, so many songs, dude. So many freaking Fantastic. Songs. And a guy that, like you said, if you make it through the ride, if you survive it and you come back on the other side, you never, you know, you, you can see yourself prosper, and he is the example of that. The exactly. example of that. The guy's been married seven times, <laughs> should have died, uh-huh. should have died multiple times. If you've never read his book, "Hard Hardcore Troubadour," dude, unbelievable, unbelievable what that guy went through. But that's cool. Yeah, you're you're a. Uh, you you took it up a notch, Engelman, in my book, in my rankings with you because Steve Earl shook your hand, and and that's pretty freaking. I mean, I'm a Tennessee fan, so the Peyton Manning thing's up there. Don't get me wrong, go Vols, um, and we stole Oklahoma's quarterback as well for our coach. But but we want back. yeah, well yeah yeah you do. Um, maybe maybe when we're finished winning some national championships, hopefully, uh, you can have him, you can have him back out there for Boomer Sooner Land uh it's too cool man well dude i i got one last question one last question for you and i'm gonna let you pull that bass boat um i hope people listen to this are like turnpike troubadours don't even have a bus yes they do they do people (laughs) ryan likes his bass boat okay so he's he's choosing to drive this week
1: um they won't pull my boat with their with their bus
3: they won't do it damn it I've offered, I've offered to do that. So my question is this, and I I tagged you on Instagram and you shared this, but I do have a question. I do have a question as a fan of the band. I'm sitting there at the Ryman, and, man, I'm fixing to see this just, damn, Ryman turned into a honky-tonk with these turnpike troubadours. And I'm sitting there with Marissa and my daughter Harper, and – and that song from the 80s,
2: I'll get over you, I know I will. It's
3: just, I'm the king of wishful, is playing. And I'm going, what? Hang on a sec! It's the house music before the damn Turnpike Troubadours take the stage at the Mother Church of Country Music. Who picks the house music, Ryan? Okay. All
2: Who right, picks right. the if house there was music? One,
1: if, there was, if there was one guy in the band, or maybe two. They would pick something like that. I want you you answer the question.
2: Okay. All right.
1: I think it's obvious.
3: Okay. Wow, man. I'm going to get myself in trouble. I know it's not RC. Uh-huh. <laughs> Process of yeah. elimination, not RC. Yeah.
1: That's okay.
3: Not, not RC. I'm going either Kyle or Hank. Uh, not Kyle. It,
1: it was Gabe and Hank. Gabe
3: yeah, and came Hank. Up yeah. with all this. Okay. What are we doing? Yeah. All right.
1: Gabe is, and, Gabe is a, you know, I, you should have got it because earlier I mentioned Gabe likes pleasure cruising. Yeah. Like, he also likes yacht rock. He also likes yacht rock. Yeah.
3: I'm sorry. I'd That's like to jam. apologize to Kyle for even mentioning him, <laughs> him and his fiddling playing uh, yeah. in, in that same conversation. <laughs> I apologize, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Go listen to Kyle's new album. I'll throw a plug out there as well. Kyle Nixon, Thirty Eight. Go listen to Kyle's new album. Uh, He did not pick. I'll get over you. I know I will. All right. Give me. Give me on on that before we end here. What is one one song or one band that the Turnpike Troubadours listen to listen to that might surprise people besides the yacht rock? What is something because you mentioned Soundgarden and a lot of people may go. Ryan Engelman, like, Soundgarden, he's this telly-playing badass. But you've mentioned – I mean, you listen to all genres of music. You and I have a – we back and forth. I mean, hell, you love dwarf metal. Um, yeah, look at that. <laughs> Diggy, diggy yeah. hole. But uh, what, uh, what's something that might surprise people from a music that you guys are into?
1: You know, I mean, we all kind of vary. I think we all come from different backgrounds, which is um, – neat and probably part of why we sound definitely part of the why we sound the way we do um man I, I i listen to i listen to pretty much anything with a bunch of guitar in it
2: yeah and i always
1: have um so you know i we I mean, go through a list of metal bands and there's a bunch of them but um yeah i'm a, I'm a huge slayer fan um because of all the guitar and also because it's you know, for me, it's tongue in cheek.
3: Yeah. You know, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think for them too, I, you know, it's not as, uh, serious as, as people, some people think it is, um, yeah. but it's also a lot, I, you know, all that, all that metal stuff. If I, I can't put it all around my wife or most of my friends, cause it's <laughs> so intense, you know? Oh yeah. But, yeah. uh, there's a band called, there's a band called high on fire that I'm big on. There's a three piece, um, metal band. And, okay. Um, you know, they, they're just phenomenal, right? in my opinion, you know. So, I love it, man. But those are two, definitely, definitely two bands that probably most people wouldn't think I'd
3: be attracted
1: to. I love that. So,
3: you, you heard it here, folks, that telly slinger from the Turnpike Troubadours is listening to metal when he's not on stage blowing your mind with the Troubadours. Yeah. I love that, man. And, and I, Dude, I've always been that way. I think there's something about growing up in the country, and I've said this on the show before, but there's something about growing up in the country like you did, like I did, you do listen to a lot of different music. I don't know why that is, but when you're riding around in high school, like everything finds you. It might be country, it might be rock, it might be rap. Everything, like the mixtapes back in the day would be indeed that, right, from one end to the other. And I'm, I'm the same way, dude. I will listen to anything from metal to to steve earl like we we've said here and and my kids i hate to admit this i'll listen to some drake i'll throw some drake on every now and then who by the way is releasing his album on august 25th as well
1: (laughs) so Uh,
3: yeah i know like come on drake (laughs) if you're listening to low budget live drake like get off the troubadours okay dude not cool yeah not cool
1: or sec yeah 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 can't compete with him i guess
3: (laughs) (laughs) damn drake damn it drake All right, buddy, I appreciate you. You be safe out on that uh, hillbilly highway, as Mr. Steve Earle said. Ladies and gentlemen, cat in the rain, August 25th. I'm so freaking pumped to get to say that finally, and uh, I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Hey, Thank you, Luke. Ryan Engelman, everybody, right there on low budget, live, the not-so-live variety this Thursday show. Be sure to go check out Cat in the Rain, Turnpike Troubadours. I can't say it enough. It's fantastic. Those are good, good dudes right there doing, like, big things right now. Big, big things. And uh, proud that, uh, you know, we got to do that here. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Be sure you are subscribed to Luke Duncan's Traveling Circus YouTube channel. If you're not, uh, you know, already. Shame on you. You bunch of low life and guns! Hit that, hit the subscribe button. And if you're listening on one of the many audio platforms, I really appreciate you. We'll be back Monday with another low budget live. And what you should do between now and then is crank up some turnpike troubadours this weekend. Have a cold drink. Enjoy it. I'm going to take you out with Biloxi Blues. And I will see y'all next time.
2: To below, so you! I never could make it last Spanish boss, Civil War ghosts Well, I'm gonna leave them in the past Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine It don't matter east or west North, south, wherever the wind blows I'm leaving those burdens in rest This highway not I know my name and I don't care No, I don't care Heading my way for another place And I got three good tires and a spare Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there